0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker home in Pennsylvania. Before he hits the road, we'll go to some home markets today, including a look ahead at a fantastic Thursday night game. Packers hosting the Eagles. We will talk to a Packers reporter in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll also get you some free money coming up with our friends Nick Costos from You Better You Bet and Brad Evans with some fantasy tips for this outstanding Thursday night game. A lot to get to and a shout out to the Milwaukee Brewers and Minnesota Twins. How about Milwaukee clinching the postseason and doing it without their best player, Christian Yelich. They were 12-2 without the guy who could be the MVP. That is impressive. But we start with football. Before we get into the return of Melvin Gordon or even this outstanding Thursday night game, Ross Tucker, I found it interesting that Bill Belichick usually says nothing about everything, and Tom Brady says a lot, although says nothing. They both were very complimentary about where they'll play this week, a place you played, in Buffalo. Bill Belichick said it's different than anywhere else in that you get 60 minutes of the opposing fans' attention. They're there to cheer, to do nothing else. And Brady called it one of the great environments in football. Where does it rank in the places you played? Well, first of all,
2: I'm laughing at the bio they just put up for you. I don't know if I you saw it. it, but it is amazing.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. Overrated hair, true. Served? country. Served country. Starting court Starting quarterback ah, in high school football. I See, I can't see it all that well. Bloody Mary Lover. No question about that. And then just my Twitter profile. Served my country by playing high school football. I like that. Now, <laughs> all I right, didn't do that so, bio. But
2: I did the bio. I did your bio. <laughs> so, so a couple of things. First of all, I might get rid of Bloody Mary Lover and instead put in Calls Thursday, almost Friday. Was that just, you didn't know what to say? Like, that's the lamest thing I've ever, you call Thursdays almost Friday? What is that?
0: Every time. I, you know, you know, I I get up at at 1.30 every morning and I've never had a job until now where like Monday afternoon, I'm going, oh God, what day is it? Like, how far away is Friday? I've never had that feeling where you just literally everything in you craves Friday, the end of the workday, which for me is 11 o'clock on Friday. And so, with this job at CNN, my other job, 4 to 6 a.m., it just, I needed something to help me get me through the week. And that is by calling Thursday, almost Friday, so I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and because I can taste a Bloody Mary. Right about mid Thursday, I can I can visualize it, I can smell it, I can taste it. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay I now. Just,
2: you you started the show and you're like what I like to call almost Friday. I was like, wow, that is really creative. That is Profound. really that that that's why you get paid the big bucks. That is an amazing nickname for Thursday, so,
0: calling it almost Friday. But let me ask you, you have a very different schedule than most. So do you not really? eagerly await Friday the way most of America does. You don't really care because your work week is, it never really ends.
2: No, during the football season, I have a seven day work week. So I don't really have that uh, to look forward to. I don't really have that situation. Um, Although, you know, I'm always looking forward to the games I'm calling. Uh, Saturday, it'll be Cincinnati at Marshall for CBS Sports on Facebook, actually, which is always kind of an interesting way to do it. Uh, we get a bunch of interaction on that on those games, which is fun. Uh, but I still, like, last Saturday when I did the Army game, I knew I was going to get home that night and take my wife out to dinner, so I was looking forward to that. So I don't look forward to specific days or times of the week as much as just events that I know I can kind of be normal and socialize and not be working. But no, man, for me, football season is seven days a week. Sunday, even Sunday, even though the Eagles don't have a game, and I won't be doing Eagles pregame like I'll be doing tonight for 94WIP, a radio.com affiliate available always on the app, by the way, from tonight, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time Sunday. I'll still be available. On Radio.com. I pretty much live on Radio.com because I'll be on uh, You Better You Bet from 9 a.m. to noon on Sunday with Nick Costos and the gang. So looking forward to that. So, no, I don't have sort of – I don't have an almost Friday, Dave. And even if I did, I don't think I'd come up with something nearly as clever as that. (laughs) But you asked me about the Buffalo Bills fans. Dude, they're awesome. And I've told you this before, I don't have very many regrets in life. I try really hard to live my life in a manner in which I won't look back and have regrets. But in hindsight, thinking about the number of RVs that were already at Ralph Wilson Stadium on Fridays, when I played for the Bills in 03, 04, 05 till I got cut, I wish on Fridays that I had gone and just popped over some of those RVs and just cracked open a couple of daddy sodas with whatever Bills fans were there. On Friday, as you know, Dave, that's the short day in the NFL. That's when you get done at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That is the equivalent of the 11 o'clock for Dave Briggs on Friday is Friday at one for an NFL player. So even though you still have to work the next day and you have a game on Sunday, after Friday at one, it's like, all you have to do after that is rest. Saturday, you have a walkthrough, and then Sunday's the game. That's the fun part of it. So you really look forward to that Friday at one, and there would already be so many motorhomes. Like, I I don't get it. It was almost like a college atmosphere. I don't know if those people were retired or they didn't work or they just called off on every Friday during the NFL season. I don't know. But we would go to a typically like a dive bar near the stadium, the Big Tree Inn, and I would have a few Labatt Blues and some chicken fries, which are delicious. And then I would take, Dave, the nap of all naps. Friday, I'd be so worn out. I would I would get home feeling pretty good at like two thirty three. I would nap until six. I would take like a three-hour nap and then do something that night, whether I went to a high school football game or out to dinner or whatever. But in hindsight, I wish I had stopped by some of those motorhomes on Friday afternoon and had a few daddy sodas with the Bills faithful because that would have been amazing for me. And obviously, really cool for them to have a player there. Although, that probably wouldn't look real good if a player sitting there tailgating on a Friday afternoon just crushing beers with the fans in the stadium parking lot. Although, it would have been a
0: blast. Dude, you would have been a sensation there in Buffalo. I think you would have gone viral with that. I just love that one of your few regrets in life is not going <laughs> to uh, hang out with the Bills fans and their RVs on a Friday. You, my friend, have lived an enchanted life. If that is one of your few regrets, I could spend the next three hours talking about my regrets. I am racked with regret pretty much 24 hours a day, but I'm happy to be here. No regrets about that. I can't help but wonder if Melvin Gordon has a little regret about how his holdout went down. He is returning from that holdout that lasted three weeks. Chargers go one and two over that span. And I don't know what on earth Melvin Gordon accomplished. Here's what he did lose, though. Subject to $1.2 million worth of fines because subject to, we're not sure that the Chargers collect them. One would assume they might. He also loses out on nearly a million dollars worth of base salary for those first three games still going to make $4.6 million for the rest of the season. He's going to be all right. He's not going to miss any meals. But it's just difficult to figure out what exactly he accomplished. The one thing we all need, no matter what you do, whether you are an accountant, whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a judge, whether you are a football player, you need leverage to get more money. Leverage might be the most important thing we have in life, and most of us just don't ever get to have it. So we don't get to get the pay raise that we dream of. And one would have thought Gordon had it coming into this year because they were uh, or or after this, one and two. Um, They didn't score a ton of points. But, Ross, what the hell did Melvin Gordon accomplish? And when he walks back into camp, is he going to be saying, uh, I regret it? Le'Veon Bell still feels he won.
2: Le'Veon Bell is wrong. Le'Veon Bell should not feel that way. Le'Veon Bell lost and he lost a lot of money as a result. I feel a little bit differently about Melvin Gordon. This is something I did write about in my column, Dave, uh, a week or two ago. Thankfully, I had this idea. Thankfully, I wrote it before Melvin Gordon came back. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to write that column. There was, in my mind, actually some logic to what Melvin Gordon was doing. And frankly, I'm a little bit surprised based on that strategy that he's coming back now. Here's the logic, right? He's making $5 million this year. He's already made $11
0: All right, apparently had a little bit of audio difficulty there with Mr. Tucker, so we will work on getting him back. So Melvin Gordon, here's the question about what he accomplished. I mentioned the record. The Chargers go 1-2 and in his three-game absence. They were 4-0 and without him last year, so it looks better from that front. But when you look at the offense, it's kind of a mixed bag, right? So they are fifth in the league. The Chargers are fifth in the league in yards, which sounds like, hey, they really don't need him. But where the Chargers really struggled isn't just with the record. They couldn't score points. Typically, where you are in offensive yardage-wise generally equates to you where you are scoring, but not the Chargers. They are 21st when it comes to scoring, and that's where they are really going to need Melvin Gordon. Try to get some of those balls back in the end zone. 20 points a game is just not going to do it. One would think he has massive regrets. Yes, this year counts towards free agency. Perhaps he gets closer to a deal. But it looks like the trade market that he explored is just not there for him. There are Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. There used to be. Gurley, though the Gurley we've seen this year has that arthritic knee and does not look like the guy that we saw last season or the prior year. It looks like the NFL market has determined Melvin Gordon is not in that elite top tier of running backs that deserves, let's call it $15 million a year that Le'Veon Bell did get. So maybe there are four running backs that can get that kind of money, but those guys are unicorns. It's not clear. Uh, if Gordon is worth that type of money. So another stat when you look inside of it, it's very interesting. Uh, Austin Eckler's done a terrific job uh, backing up Gordon and becoming the starter. But what's interesting is he had more rushing yards at this point last season while complementing Gordon. So three games in, Austin Eckler had more yards backing up Melvin Gordon than he did as the starter. He has been Terrific, though, when it comes to uh, passing catches out of the backfield, uh, we are reconnecting with my man Ross Tucker. Is he back with us yet, fellas? Nope, not quite yet. We will keep on moving. Melvin Gordon back in camp with the Charges. We expect today, likely to hear from him, and we'll see uh, what he what he voices. Maybe he can find something that he accomplished. They had offered him reportedly a deal worth $10 million a year. He was seeking a Le'Veon-type deal worth around 15 What will he get on the open market? Myself, I'm not convinced that Melvin Gordon is worth a dime more than $10 million per year. But that'll be the question. Is a team going to step up, give him a Le'Veon, give him a Todd Gurley type of deal? Highly doubt it. Another situation involving not a holdout but certainly a contract squabble is going on between Jacksonville and their all-pro corner Jalen Ramsey. Okay, if you've been missing this one, it's been a headache. Timeline is this. There's a sideline confrontation between Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey about Ramsey was angry that Marone didn't challenge a particular play. Seems like a stupid idea for a confrontation, but the tension had been clearly simmering between these two. They scream and yell at one another. After that game, it's reported that Jalen Ramsey wants out, wants to be traded. Jacksonville acknowledges they will pursue the trade market for him. Initially wanted two first-round picks. Then that was lowered. We now hear they want a first, a second, and potentially another player. But then Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, comes out and says, well, we would like to keep him around. They win that huge Thursday night game. The division appears winnable the way Gardner Minshew has played, and we'll get into Gardner Minshew in a bit because there's a spectacular story on the new quarterback, number 15, the backup of Nick Foles. But the latest is Jalen Ramsey was first. He called in sick Sunday night, said he had the flu, said he might not feel well all week. Then it was a back injury second, and then Jalen Ramsey expected to miss some time in this one, he couldn't make up, unlike the flu or back injury, uh, the birth of his second child on the way. So let's listen to the head coach, Doug Marone, talk about all the happenings with Jalen Ramsey and where they go moving forward.
3: What do you, what do you mean? Uh, uh, prognosis. What did he have the flu? Was he, did he come in? He came in and saw the doctor. Was he, was he good? Was he all cleared? He's, he was sick. That's, yeah. But
4: he's good now? Feeling better? From the sickness? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then when did, the, when did the injury pop up? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, he just gets tight, you know. I mean, his back got tight. It's normal. His back has gotten tight before. My back's tight. A couple of guys' backs are tight. You know, a couple of guys have hamstrings. I mean, everyone gets, um, gets the stuff. Look over What's the matter? Look over there? Look over where? Do you? Oh, yeah. What? No, I just. Go ahead. But it just seems curious. Again, we talked about the curious of the curious timing of it. Now all of a sudden he's mis- going to mispractice again. Are you at all concerned with him long-term or short-term? When the last time? He, what do you mean, like, mispractice again? Well, When's missed, the last time he mispracticed? Monday. Miss Monday. Miss, not practice. Oh, miss yeah, I mean Monday. Monday. I mean, yeah, a lot
1: of guys did <laughs> practice Monday.
3: Um, no, I'm not. I'm really not. No.
0: Huh. So if you're watching, not just listening on Radio.com, you saw the face there. You certainly heard the laughter if you're listening. But if you're watching now, check out the tweet we just put up there. As you see, Doug Marone cracking up to questions that certainly were not intended to be or did not sound funny to this reporter. Not sure what the hilarious laughter was about. But here's the question moving forward for Jacksonville. What the hell do they do with this head case? I'm a fan of Jalen Ramsey on the field. I think some of the theatrics are probably worth it when you have a shutdown corner with him, even though they don't really play that system in Jacksonville, a lot of zone there. And that's one of the things that Jalen Ramsey is, is not happy about. So what do you do if you are Shad Khan, if you are Tom Coughlin, if you are Doug Marone, you have to hold out for at least a first round pick and likely a second round pick. You cannot pull a Billy Badass O'Brien, and that nickname, I should quote Ross Tucker, Billy Badass O'Brien. You can't allow them to pull what they did with Jadeveon Clowney and just send him to another team and give him exactly what he wants in exchange for a compensatory pick. Ross Tucker is back with us. A little vacation there, a little nap, a little bathroom break. Not sure what we had to do, but a little technical difficulty. Let's rewind. What did I miss?
2: What did I miss? What did I miss?
0: (laughs) Well, I've been speeding full speed through the Melvin Gordon situation, where they go from here. We're into Jalen Ramsey, but I do want to back up a few steps and get back to the Melvin Gordon. You were right smack in the middle of your take on how much he might regret this, or did he accomplish anything sitting out three games? Well, here was my
2: point, Dave. It was almost like a, a Brewster's Millions scenario. In Melvin Gordon's mind, because unlike Le'Veon Bell, who turned down a huge offer from the Pittsburgh Steelers and ended up costing him money, Melvin Gordon has only been offered $10 million a year. We don't know what the guarantees are, but the other running backs that have signed deals recently, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, and of course, Le'Veon Bell, have all been $13 million plus or more, and they've all been at least $30 million in practical guaranteed money. Not necessarily guaranteed at signing, but the practical guarantees of the deal. And I don't know if he's right or not, Dave, but Melvin believes he's in that category, or at least that if he hits the free agent market, he'll get a deal in that category. So in his mind, He was looking at it like, does it make sense to play half the season? Because he needs to play at least six games for it to count as a year. But does it make sense to play half the season for $2.5 when I've got a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow sitting for me in March that should get me at least $30 million guaranteed? Do I want to take on the injury risk? From the first half of the season. Do I want to take on the wear and tear. Of the first half of the season. For two and a half million dollars. Or do I want to preserve my joints. Have less wear and tear. For my new team. And have less injury risk. And just play the second half of the season. I'm not saying I would have done it Dave. But I at least understood it. I at least understood. What Melvin Gordon's logic was. I don't really know why he's back now. Uh, Maybe he decided he he was sick of not playing. He was sick of missing those big paychecks. Or maybe he felt like, yeah, I report now uh, I've missed a quarter of the season, 25%. And at least at that point, I won't have 400, 300 touches. They'll probably still use Echler a lot and I can stop missing paychecks. I'm guessing that's what he's thinking Uh, But I understood his logic a lot more than Le'Veon Bell's.
0: I I do as well. And and I think this is just the realization. Once you start staying home and once you start realizing you are losing more than $300,000 a week, that gets real fast. Um, and, And especially when you look at the schedule, I think he returns at a spot that the Chargers could easily go on a run. So maybe he says, boy, they're not scoring points without me. 20th uh, in the league and scoring 21st, actually. He says, man, I can come in against an easy stretch of opponents and make it look like this team got a hell of a lot better very, very fast, which I I think they will. Now, he will not play this weekend against Miami. They clearly will not need him. Uh, But the schedule doesn't get tough for a number of weeks. Denver's certainly not a, a huge challenge at this point the way that defense is played. Does he get a Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson type deal on the open market, I would think your Philadelphia Eagles in your backyard would be a player for Gordon's services.
2: I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. I, I mean, obviously they, they were willing to make a trade for him reportedly, but I, I, there's a couple things working against Melvin Gordon going to the Eagles or frankly, a lot of smart teams, which is that, I don't know, number one, if they look at Melvin Gordon as being in Le'Veon Bell and Zeke Elliott's category. Number two, he's already had a microfracture surgery. And most of the smart teams, like the Eagles, like the Patriots, as an example, they just don't believe in having one bell cow running back or that you're getting the value of paying the one bell cow running back. So the Eagles also... And they've had some injury issues so far this year. I think that they uh, take a long look at players' medical histories, medical track records, and strongly consider that before they decide whether or not they're going to offer big money to a player. And I think the running back position, the relative lack of value in that position, and Melvin's injury history – would prevent them from offering him that kind of deal. My guess is he gets it from somebody, probably. Uh, and really, Dave, even if it's just $20 million guaranteed, I think you can make the argument that skipping half the year for $2.5 if you're extremely confident you're going to get at least $20 million guaranteed, I, I guess I can understand that because of the nature of the injury risk at that position and the wear and tear I I guess he decided, well, 25% of the season was enough. I don't need to miss a full 50%, change his mind. I don't know. But like I said earlier, unlike Trent Williams, who I don't understand what he's doing, the Redskins left tackle at all, there was at least some logic into what Melvin Gordon was doing. And I think he also probably benefits from being out in the sense that they're not going to just put Eckler to the side now. I think it will very much be a timeshare, and Melvin Gordon won't wear down and won't get the the heavy touch numbers. He won't get run into the ground by the Chargers.
0: Is that a nightmare for fantasy football owners? We'll talk to Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports on that in just a bit. What do you do with those backs? You love Eckler this weekend against Miami. That we know. Contract standoffs are tough. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants she also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks' time. With results like that, no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes? Try ZipRecruiter for free. At this exclusive address, it's ZipRecruiter.com enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Mention the Philadelphia Eagles, whether or not they would be in the Melvin Gordon market. And boy, do they have a big game tonight. And I mention that because I think they could use a little help in the backfield. Miles Sanders has been fine. Jordan Howard is a plotter. Not a lot going in the backfield at this point. They traveled to Green Bay for a Thursday night game we all Love Packers three and O. this is an enormous situation for Philly. When you are that roster, arguably the most talented top to bottom roster Super Bowl coach, you've got all the pieces only a Super Bowl is a satisfying finish. And only one team ever has won a Super Bowl after this kind of start. It's the Patriots back in 2001 is the whole season on this game. Ross Tucker.
2: I think I'm not going to go that far uh, because I do think that they are talented enough that once they get to the Jackson back, and I would imagine he's probably, you know, close to coming back after they have 10 days off after this game. I think that they are good enough to go on a run. And, you know, even if they're one and three still have potentially a 12 and four, 11 and five season, I wouldn't predict that to happen but I do think it's possible, I think this game is really, really important. And the point I always mention, Dave, and I've probably said it before, I believe, and we can have one of our millennials look it up, I believe it's been six straight years where the Super Bowl has been exclusively number one or number two seeds. And I also believe that i and I think it's been only three number two seeds the Patriots and Rams last year, and the Rams probably should not have been in the Super Bowl, as well as the Falcons, uh, you know, a few years back after the Cowboys lost to Aaron Rodgers in that game. Other than that, it's been one season. And if, if the Cowboys beat the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday, the Eagles and, and the Eagles lose tonight, they'll be three games behind after four in the NFC East, I think that's probably going to be too much to come back from. They would have to obviously sweep the Cowboys and more. So this is a critically important game for them. The good news is they do get Alshon Jeffrey back. We'll see how healthy he is and how productive he can be. Uh, But this is going to be an awesome game. You know, the Packers offense has not been great. It's been their defense which has carried them so far. One of the biggest Thursday night games in a while, really for both teams because the Packers still have the Bears and the Vikings who play against each other on Sunday, breathing down their throat as well.
0: Yeah, I think it is the season for the Eagles. I think they lose this game. They're not digging out of that hole, but I do actually think they go there and win. I think that's a team that just hasn't played to their potential just yet. And the Packers offense, let's just say it, it has not been all that impressive. It's really been the defense of Darius Smith and Preston Smith leading the way for the Packers who can't put up the type of points they would like under the young head coach, Matt LaFleur. Um, It's all about two things for them on the offense, Philly, drops only one team the Miami Dolphins the miserable Dolphins only one team has dropped more passes than them but on the defensive front only one team believe it or not has fewer sacks than the Eagles and that's my world of suck Denver Broncos who amazingly with Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller on the other side have no sacks but Philly Does that with Fletcher Cox. He doesn't have a sack yet, just two as a team. Angelo Cataldi on WIP Radio there says it's time for Fletcher Cox to wake up.
1: There's a lot of bad stuff going on with this team. I want to see aggressive coaching before tomorrow night. I want to see hard, tight coaching. Yeah, the defense can't be that. I mean, this is a dangerous no, the defense is really this is dangerous against... with that
3: quarterback and that defensive back. They need that a great backfield. game.
1: Yeah. How? If that... They need to hold on to the ball. Rodgers <laughs> could destroy those guys on Thursday night if they don't have a rush. If they don't pressure him, he will. Fletcher Cox needs to wake up, Al. And I, a, he's even involved now in a Twitter fight. Oh, right. He yeah. took some shots at a guy on Twitter which is more shots than he took during the game Sunday. He there was zero for that.
0: Ouch, that was pretty solid. Uh, how important is that pass rush getting to Aaron Rodgers? He's only thrown two interceptions in the last 19 games, none this season.
2: It's critical, Dave, and it's been as disappointing as any aspect of the Eagles team so far this year. You know, the drops are awful. Uh, the fumble's bad. But you can almost say, all right, with the drops, they're missing their two starting wide receivers. Aguilar has had drop issues throughout his career. You know, th- those things, You like, okay. The, I, I don't think that those are long-term concerns. The real long-term concern right now, to me, is the pass rush. This defense is not designed to blitz. Jim Schwartz doesn't like to blitz. The defense is designed around pressure from their front four. Here's the issue, Dave. They lost their number two and number three tackles. Number two, Malik Jackson done for the year. Number three, Timmy Jernigan out for a while. That hurts. Their number one defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, who's one of the best players in the NFL, has not been that so far this year. He's coming off the foot surgery from the playoff game against the Saints and has not been productive, has not been disruptive, and everything they do on defense really builds around him. I mean, this guys he's not Aaron Donald, but he is close. He is a tremendous player that has not played to it so far this year coming off that surgery. And then the defensive ends have just been kind of blah. Brandon Graham, Vinny Curry, and Derek Barnett, and that's been the most concerning aspect of the team, I would say, is the lack of a pass rush, because you look at it and you think, okay, well, when when are they going to fix that? How are they going to fix that? When is that going to change? You can imagine the guys stop dropping the ball. Right now, it's kind of hard to imagine this defensive line just being able to turn it on all of a
3: sudden.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side, it's not pretty for them, because the Packers can rush the passer, and they are doing that very, very well through three games. A very different look for Green Bay. They have 12 sacks, seven and a half between the two, Preston and Zadarius Smith. And Jason Kelsey talked about not just the challenge of their pass rush, but the new emphasis that has been a problem for teams across the league on just too many holding calls and having those refs in your mind. Here's what he said on WIP. There's one other thing I want to ask you about the
3: refing
1: because we're under the impression after the first couple of weeks, the league talked to the refs to back off on offensive holding. Are you noticing you're getting a little more latitude there on that than you did at the beginning?
3: No, well, to be honest, I'm I'm still you know I, I I had a really bad problem with holding a few years ago and the result of that was because my hands were outside and um and I wasn't and I was outside the framework of the body and ever since I fixed that I haven't had too much of an issue with it and um, I think that that's what they're looking for still, but you know, the, the official this happens every year with the officials. The officials make their offseason adjustments and they get coached up from the league on what the league wants to be called more. And then, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, the cops with, uh, you know, having, uh, uh, you, you have to have a certain amount of tickets per month. You got to meet your quota, right? So yeah. the yeah. guys start reaching for things and they start looking for, uh, just an excuse to call a penalty. Um, and that's not the way reference should should have happened obviously um you want to keep the game safe you want to make sure the referees do the their job legitimately but you don't want them searching for uh, reasons to make calls and, and looking for any chance possible to call holding or to call a uh, block in the back or whatever it is great uh, you insight. want it to be a fair game you want it to be uh you want it to be ref the, the proper way not um you know just trying to prove a point
0: huh Sounded like a fine could be coming on that. That's Jason Kelsey on WIP radio. He should thank Tom Brady. Send him a few. I don't know. He doesn't drink beer. Send him like some, uh, some kale or something as a thank you. Uh, Ross, what do you make as a former offensive lineman of the concept that refs have quotas for flags they need to throw? Uh, I
2: don't think they have quotas. I think that holding was a point of emphasis for this year. I don't know Why? I don't know whose idea that was. I think it's a terrible idea. I wrote about it this week. By the way, what I hate too, Dave, is when people say, you could call holding on every play. No, you couldn't. Not if you really know the rules. Not if you really know what to hold and what the refs are looking for. What I noticed the first couple weeks through last Thursday night's game, where we were talking about it here on Home and Home, available on the radio.com app, radio.com slash home, last Friday was that it was almost like, Dave, when in doubt, they were throwing the flag. Like, if they weren't sure, they were, they were throwing the flag on holding. Some of them in that Titans-Jags game in particular were horrendous. I was tweeting about it. I mean, there were seven holding penalties early in the second quarter. Some of them actually happened. Uh, Several of them did not. And I think the officials made an adjustment at halftime. They had a conference call Saturday night. They've made an adjustment since then. So uh, there had been like 5.1 or 5.7 holding penalties per game through the first 33 games. After the Brady tweet, there's been 2.9 holding penalties per game. So a precipitous drop. So there was a point of emphasis on holding, I don't know whose idea that was, it was a terrible idea. They have hopefully fixed it and corrected thank
0: goodness. And that power of the Brady tweet prompted some brilliant analysis from Ross Tucker on how equivalent of the president of the United States, Donald Trump, tweeting and impacting the markets. One of your finest analogies to date here on Home and Home. And one of the cool things we do here on this show is we, we go to the home markets. We told you about that. We get to hear from the callers, though. Some of them are a little crazy. Some of them are angry. Some of them are excited. Let's listen to a caller trying to urge on, on WIP, Carson Wentz and this offense. Saying, yeah, you hey,
4: hey, do wait a minute, Angelo. Y'all made up a good point and I, I wanna put that blame right there on Coach Peterson. Because yeah. Coach Peterson said that he he had simple plays for McCowan. Yeah. So my point is if you got simple plays for McCowan, why you can't have simple plays for um Carson? Why true. was it so easy for McCowan to get those um couple of um passes um caught and caught and um, catch and get pick up a couple of yards? And now you got to me, to me it seems like now Carson got these Crazy plays that y'all trying to make things happen where you need to keep it simple. If you can just keep it simple like you did with McCowan, do the same thing with um, Carson. All right, Cheryl, who's going to win tomorrow night? Man, listen, I'm on a national football uh, television. You asking me who's going to win? You asking me who's going to win?
1: That's right. Shirley is on the uh, bump into the game tomorrow night on TV, right, Cheryl? You're featured there. And she yes. looks great. You're it's awesome. <laughs> Eagle, is, Eagle Shirley is predicting an Eagles win, and now oh, I love. need one.
4: I need win, one. Baby. I got you, baby. Come on, Eagles. We behind you 12,000%. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles all the way. Y'all did it before, and y'all can do it again. Let's get this one in limbo. God bless. Eagle Shirley, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> Eagles surely has got to give the pregame speech for the Eagles because they're going to bust through a wall, Tucker, if Shirley can give that speech. I I love that. Now, and honestly, I would love
2: that no matter what team it was, not just because True. I grew up outside of Philly and because I, I do a lot of different Eagles-related things now in the broadcasting side of things. I just love the passion. I love how much they care There are other cities like that. We talked about Buffalo earlier in the show. Certainly Eagles fans. I mean, that is awesome. She is fired up. And the thing is, Dave, they consume so much content that they're knowledgeable. Like, she remembers that Peterson said he had a limited package of plays for Josh McCown, and McCown had some success When he came in in the preseason, and she's like, Do that, do that, give it, give, you know, give, give Carson Wentz the limited package and keep it simple. I mean, it is just, nothing gets past these people. I swear we could do the whole show of just listening to caller rants and it would just make me smile. I mean, not only her passion, but she felt like she had to end the call by doing the Eagles chant. That is just amazing.
0: Uh, more cowbell, more Shirley, more callers. That's what we are calling for here on Home and Home. Before we get to a break, uh, who wins this game, spread or not? Let now let's 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 go with the spread. Green Bay is minus four. Who are you taking?
2: So for sure, with the spread, I really like the Eagles. Uh, I okay. think the Eagles have an excellent chance to win this game. I know on paper and what we've seen so far this year that people that the packers deserve to be favored in this game they're playing at home it's a short week they're undefeated for a reason their defense is playing lights out i'll just say this to you dave this is sort of my player experience chiming in i don't know that the packers are a 4 and 0 type of team and the nfl has a way of kind of averaging out on some level over the course of the season Unless you are like an elite team. I don't think the Packers are that. I don't think we're going to be sitting here four weeks from now saying, can you believe the Packers are eight? No, I don't see that happening. They're going to lose. The Eagles are a desperate team. They need this win. You talked about it earlier. They need this win badly. And I think they somehow find a way to get the win. I like the Eagles to sneak one out somehow, some way, Let's go 24-23, 23-20, something like that. The birds get the win on the road, but I love them with the points. I think it's a toss-up game. Love the Eagles with the points.
0: Yeah. We do picks here, minus the spread. I took the Eagles. I think the desperation of this game, I think Alshon Jeffrey gets them back going. And Fletcher Cox, look, sacks come in bunches. We've seen that with Aaron Donald. We'll see that tonight with Fletcher Cox. We both agree Eagles get the win there in Green Bay. But the man who knows how to bet and where to put all the money, Nick Kostos, Who better, uh, you better? you bet or you bet. He's going to tell us who wins tonight over under in the best picks of the weekend coming up after a quick break. All right, we're back with the free money Thursday. Big Thursday night game. Eagles at the Packers. Green Bay a four-point favorite uh at home, yeah. No, I'm taking the Eagles. Ross Tucker's taking the Eagles. Who is Nick Costos taking? He joins us, uh, the host of You Better, You Bet No Gear. It's a no gear Thursday, trying to shed that NYDB label that Ross Tucker bestowed on you. Where's the Giants jersey? How's Where's that? the Yankees hat?
5: How's that? Is that is that good for you? That but the chains <laughs> out of that the shows. Yes. Is that, that good? That's, is that, that good? good? Good. So I think that like this helps. actually may be more NYDB than wearing a Yankee hat or like a Giants pullover. So I got the uh-huh. chain out. What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing today? Are we ready to win some money? I got a question,
2: Nick. I got a question. Your hair this morning, is that yeah. intentional?
5: Yeah. Like someone, I mean, listen, it's early. Like, you know, like I, I got to work till 10 o'clock tonight. You just kind of like run a couple, you run your hands through it, like a little product in it, maybe a little blow dryer. This is currently what are, it's doing. So that's what I'm rolling with. Okay, are you are you trying to look taller? Like, what are you no, trying I've, to do No, I I I gave up on that when I was like seventeen. No, the the taller thing is like I'm I'm fully at peace. Like, I can't lift weights to get taller. I'm in full acceptance of it, and I am living a fully Napoleonic life. So, no, it's not it's not to be taller. I just kind of think it's a cool look. You probably disagree, but then again, you look like Hodor stepped out of the big and tall section. So, I don't really know if we can really you know go back and forth here on the uh, on the dressing and the looks. <laughs> Wait, wait, he looks like who's stepping out of the big and tall store? You guys, well, if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you won't get it. The horror reference. Oh. I know Ross doesn't watch TV if it's not if it's not football tape, so I don't know if you'll if you'll get it or not. Hey, yeah. you know what? I do
0: watch TV. You know what I watched last night, and I gotta see if you've ever seen this show. It is freaking glorious. The Masked Singer. Have you seen it?
5: Um, I kinda like know what goes on on Antonio Brown was oh on it, right? God. Like that's how I yes! know it, right?
0: Yes, that's yeah. when he started losing his mind. I trace things back to when Antonio Brown made the decision to go on that show. That's when things started going south for him. But it's outstanding. You've got celebrities that dance around last night in, a, in an ice cream cone. An ice cream cone ninja, the uh, Fortnite I gotta, I gotta, legend. i got to tell, oh. tell you, Dave,
5: it's, it sounds kind of stupid. Damn it! All right. Anyway, it's a good show. I'm just very you, it's a, stupid.
0: It's, it's really entertaining. <laughs> just watch one clip. All right, Costos, who wins tonight over under? I think we got 46 uh, Eagles Packers. Who you like?
5: Um, You know, I Ross is obviously going to be involved in this broadcast. Ross, I kind of think the Eagles are going to keep this game close. Um, it's not my favorite bet in the game, and the injuries really make me nervous here, but the Packers are a fraudulent 3-0, and I think you can make the case that definitely shouldn't have covered the spread in either of their last two games, and probably shouldn't have won either of the last two games. Now, it's easier to say that about the Vikings game with the Kirk Cousins and reception at the end, but, I mean, against the Denver Broncos, I mean, Denver diff-wrapped them two touchdowns with fumbles in, like, deep in their own territory, and the Packers were able to convert, but this offense hasn't looked good through three games. What scares me tonight obviously, are all the cluster injuries in this Eagle, secondary and also on offense. So, like, in theory, Aaron Rodgers should be able to have a good game. In theory, Devontae Adams should have a breakout, and I know people have compared it to what Mike Evans did last week against the New York Giants. But I can't shake this right, that I think Green Bay is a little overrated. I think Philly's a desperate team right now. I'll take the points with the Eagles, but the bet that I feel better about is the over. I think this will be a Thursday night game where we get some points. I think the Packers will score more points than usual. Eagles are going to have to play up-tempo and score some points, and I have faith in Doug Peterson game planning against that against that excellent Packers defense. So I like over 46, and I lean towards the Eagles. If you want to give yourself a little cushion, I think you could do worse than teasing this total down to 40 and teasing the Eagles up to plus 10. I think that's probably a winner as well.
2: Uh, yeah, well, so I really like the Eagles getting the points for the reasons you laid out. I'm not as confident in the over. Uh, you know, the Eagles just... They are getting Alshon Jeffrey back, but that Packers defense has been excellent. And the Eagles you see the graphic right now on the screen,
5: Ross. Can you see the graphic on the screen? It's outstanding.
2: (laughs) Ross is betting tips. (laughs) Bet on the underdog (laughs) if you think they'll win.
5: Fly, fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Let's go. (laughs) That's why I can't wear my giants gear, because I'm picking the Eagles.
2: All right. So (laughs) I gotta tell you this, Costos. I want your thoughts on this. Okay. My best bet probably for Sunday, okay. the Washington Redskins yeah. getting the points, kind of like the Eagles. Desperate times call for desperate measures. No Saquon. The Redskins were embarrassed Monday night. They actually have some video now of what Shermer likes to do with Daniel Jones. I actually like the Redskins to go into New York and beat your Giants on Sunday. Your thoughts?
5: Well, I want to answer your question with a question. Did you guys like WWF growing up, the World Wrestling Federation?
2: I did, yes.
5: So do you growing remember, up, I liked it. Now I hate it. Do you guys remember like Demolition, the tag team, and Mr. Fuji, the manager, the Japanese manager? So, no, WrestleMania was
0: Seven.
5: They were a tag team. like They were like a Legion of Doom ripoff. Anyway, at WrestleMania 7, Demolition faced Tenru and Katao, these two Japanese wrestlers, and Mr. Fuji was Demolition's manager. And during the match, Mr. Fuji turns on the Japanese wrestlers for demolition, and Bobby the Brain Heenan says, wow, betraying country for money. I like that. Ross Tucker on Sunday, I will be betraying fan loyalty for money like Mr. Fuji did at WrestleMania 7 because you're 100% right. The New York Giants absolutely stink. Despite the win last Sunday, despite how fired up I got over the win and Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley's not there and Daniel Jones doesn't play defense. He can't play cornerback. Terry McLaurin's going to absolutely rip this team up. If Case Keenum is fully healthy, and I know he had dealing with the foot on Wednesday and didn't practice on Wednesday. If Case Keenum starts in this game, the Redskins are going to beat the Giants. I think that's a great pick by you. I think if you can get three with the Redskins, you absolutely should. Should. this line is an overreaction to what we saw last week What the Giants were able to do the defense still absolutely stinks Redskins offense has really not been terrible despite the 0-3 record I hate to say it I hate to go against my boys maybe that's why I'm wearing no Giants gear today but I will also take the Redskins Ross not just to cover that spread but I think the Redskins will beat my beloved New York football Giants wow
0: that is that is stunning I I just can't believe you pick against Danny Dimes, the future Hall of Famer. Giants win. What else do you like this week? Oh, we want to go to
5: the the NFL. Want to stay on the NFL card, Dave, or we want to do a little is college there, football, is there, really, whatever you is want. Is there one man.
0: other? Yeah, give me one more NFL pick this weekend.
5: Oh well, well, I'm going to give you guys a total, and um, I think on this show and on and on, you better, you bet. I've given out. Um, best bets. My best bet of the week has been a total each of the last three weeks. This is the third week. Two okay. weeks ago, it was Steelers-Seahawks in the game that Ben got hurt. That game went way over the total. Um, last week, it was the Panthers-Cardinals over. That game went way over the total. And I feel like we're going to go 3-0 and this week. I, I saw it um, earlier in the week, and I liked it immediately. We had Evan Silver from Establish the Run, one of the best fantasy football experts. He's on uh, You Better, You Bet every Wednesday night. And he was in lockstep with me on all three of these bets and in lockstep with this one as well. We did not talk about it beforehand, which gave me even more confidence confidence in it, and that is over 46 in this Panthers-Texans game on Sunday. I don't think Kyle Allen has to be a superstar. He's the trigger man in this offense with all the weapons he's got around him. So I have faith in this Panthers offense. And this offense on Sunday looked like the offense I thought it would be coming into the year. On the other side of the game, you've got Deshaun Watson and the Texans, obviously more than capable of putting up points here. Now, full disclosure, this game has gone up. The total has gone up over the key number of 47 at 47 and a half. I bet it at 46 earlier in the week. So, like, you are getting it at the worst of the number. If you bet it now, maybe it'll come down to 47 and you could take it there but I think it goes over 47 and a half anyway, but I do have to say that because it is a key number and I did get it at 46, but I think this game is played in the fifties at worst Panthers and Texans. That's my best bet of the week over the total in that game.
2: All right. What's your best bet on the college side, Nick? What do you got?
5: Uh, I like a lot of college bets this week. Actually. I, I think if I had to pick one, I'll go out to the PAC 12 and, um, You better you bet, listeners and viewers know, I have a lot of futures on USC this year. Um, I have USC over win total, USC to win the Pac-12. I had USC last Friday night to cover against Utah, I watched that game against Utah, and even though I won my bet and USC won the game, they were very lucky. I mean, you look at the box score, Utah dominated the game. Um, Matt Fink, the third string quarterback for USC, comes in after Slovis gets knocked out and is basically throwing up 50-50 balls and USC comes down with them 100% of the time. If they played that game 10 times, I think Utah wins 7 out of 10 times, and I'm saying this as someone that bet on USC in the game. And now I think... You know, and, and Dave, you were, we were kind of saying this off-air, right? That I think casual bettors are going to look at this spread come Saturday, and they're going to see, wow, USC's getting 10.5 points. USC just beat Utah. USC's ranked. This offense has been really exciting. Um, and they're going to look to back USC. I think Washington's going to absolutely pulverize them. And the Huskies do have the major coaching advantage in this game as well. You will obviously take Chris Peterson over Clay Helton any day of the week and twice on a Saturday in the Pacific Northwest. So I think Washington grinds USC into absolute dust. Full disclosure, again, I bet that at nine and a half earlier in the week. It's now up to ten and a half, but I still like Washington.
0: How about Clemson? Yeah. Did we lose you there, Costos?
5: Oh, no, no. What What what, what, what was the question, guys? Yeah. Oh, Clemson. Yeah, so Clemson's a four-touchdown favorite um, against North Carolina. So here's what's going to happen in this game. And we've seen Clemson do this a couple of times, and it's really blown the Trevor Lawrence futures, the Trevor Lawrence Heisman bets to absolute shit. Um... He, last week, he was out of the game first half of the second quarter. ETN's out, Ross is out, Higgins is out, so Dabo's not really looking to keep the pedal to the metal in these games, right? And what we've seen from North Carolina true freshman quarterback Sam Howell, he is nails in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. So I think what we're going to see here is Clemson absolutely dominated in the first half, so I think what you could look to do is play Clemson in half one, and then play North Carolina in half number two, because Matt Brown's not pulling Sam Howell out of the game, his true freshman quarterback. You want him to get reps against the number one team in the country. Howell's going to ball out late in the game like he always does Clemson's gonna have their backups in there so like I don't know if I take Carolina full game I mean I would if you made me pick but I think the way to cap this game you bet Clemson in the first half Clemson's up four touchdowns at the break and then North Carolina makes their comeback in the second half Carolina covers in half number two
2: Nick how much joy do you take coming on this show and and saying the words full disclosure and then telling us alone. how yeah. and then telling yeah. us how smart you are because you got the number at a better number. I feel well, like this whole segment yeah. has been designed around you showing how smart you are because right. you got all of your numbers at better numbers. But if you well, were really that smart, you probably wouldn't wear a chain at all, let alone have it out of your shirt.
5: Well, I'm wearing I, Ross. I'm wearing this the chain for you guys. This is for the entertainment value. Usually, usually the chain is tucked in. No, so you, no,
2: it, no. You always yes! have that chain on.
5: Raw. Ro- oh, I have it on, but I don't wear it out. Like I wear it like this, and you just. See, All right. Like, so why do you it's have it on? Subtle. Do you
2: think Do you think it looks good? Like when you take your shirt off with your girlfriend? Is that what it is?
5: Um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't wear the chain all the time. Like I, like I don't wear it into the shower. I don't wear it to sleep. I take it off. Um, I just, no, I kind of like, like the subtlety that it gets and this is a nice chain. So like, it'll gleam in the light. So like you get like a little hint of it sometimes, boom, a nice little subtle pop of sophistication, Ross, you wouldn't know anything about it, which is why you're so flummoxed by the fact that I'm wearing it. Um, what was the question that you were going to fit you? Oh, the full disclosure <laughs> thing. Yes. Yes, ab- obviously. Yes, I'm a total narcissist, and yes, full disclosure, I'm I'm very smart. But in all seriousness, I do so many of these interviews throughout the week, and like people are asking me questions on Friday, like, what do you like in the game? For last Friday, right? I got people in in, in- on Instagram and on Twitter being like, what's your pick for the USC Utah game? And I'm like, I-, I like USC, but I also like the over. At that point, the over was 53 and a half. I bet it earlier in the week at 52 and a half. Of course, it lands on 53. I got people messaging me, "You're an idiot." Like, like, how could you give this out? It loses by a half point. It's like, well, idiot. If you listen to You Better You Bet earlier in the week when I said to take it at 52 and a half, numbers move. That's why I kind of got to say, like, the Washington line has moved a full point. The the total in the the Panthers-Texans game has gone up past a key number of 47. Like, I kind of have to give that information out. So, yeah, like, I got the best of the number because I bet my games earlier in the week, which is what people should do. Like, you can't log on to your gambling site at 11.58 on on Saturday and at 12.58 Eastern on on Sunday and place your bets because you are getting the worst of the number. That, Ross— is why people need to listen to you. Better you bet, and Radio.Com Sports in its totality.
0: Boom! Nice plug. Full disclosure: he's fully caffeinated. He's got a fantastic chain on. NYDB.
5: There it is, baby. Cold. Briggs, brew. what do you Nick think? Kostos. In all
2: sincerity, Briggs, what do you think is worse, nope. the chain
0: or his hair? If we're being honest, not,
5: Dave likes oh, my I, hair. There's I, no I, I doubt about it, got, it, no matter I what think
0: he says. Glorious hair. He's got it, it glorious is. hair, Ross. You just Ross. don't have Come enough. On. You're jealous, dude. Ross, Let's see you do Ross, this, Ross. You... Come yeah. on.
5: Yeah, Ross. Come on. Not much there, is there? <laughs> I, not it's a lot the of way lettuce. Not a lot of lettuce, is there, Everybody's baby? No,
2: on. Dave. You have your hair. Like your hair looks like it's designed that way, and it looks nice that way. <laughs> Nick's hair looks terrible. It looks like it's from far. the '80s. He looks like he's a bad he he looks like he's the guy that just he was last cut to get in the boy band. <laughs> he was the last cut <laughs> that's, that's to get long. in to get into and in, in savvy. Like, in sync.
0: He, he's like in
2: savvy. The, <laughs> I was trying to make up a boy band name. I was trying to make oh. up a boy band name. And, and,
5: and, then, and then you bailed immediately? Like I could be on that commercial. Like the boy like that terrible commercial that runs nine million times on football Sundays. You boy should band?
2: be on that commercial.
5: Are no, here's the dance? problem. Well, here's the problem. It's like cause I would like to be like like I would love to be like when I was younger, would have loved to have been like The Bachelor, right? However, it's like you go to Disney World and it's like you must be this tall to ride the ride. I ain't get into no boy band, Ross. They ain't putting me up there in a boy band at five foot seven and a half. There ain't no way, no how, man. So I, I I gotta rock this as best I can, dude. I gotta work with what the Lord gave me, man. Not all of us could be blessed to play in the NFL or look like Dave Briggs stepped off a red carpet, man. I'm not playing with a full deck. I gotta do what I gotta do here, man. I gotta have the chain with the subtle light popping people like, oh, maybe he's got money. Maybe the chain comes out and they're like, oh, he's edgy douche. Bag, maybe I like that. And he's got great fucking hair, you know. Ross, this is what I gotta do, man. I gotta play with the deck I've been dealt, play with the cards I've been dealt, man. And you gotta be all over me here. Give me a fucking break. Tucker, how are you gonna respond to that, man? You got nothing. you
0: just got blown up.
5: Well, I'm like no, I'm like Eminem no. and 8 Mile. Like I come on and I insult myself a million times, and then people can't say no, anything. No, my, you just my lost favorite yourself that, in the
2: music, no, the moment. No, no. So first of all, I know what his favorite part is going to be. First of Thanks. all, yeah. that was amazing. What do you think my Thanks. favorite part is going to be?
5: Um, the fact that I said that um, maybe they think I have money because the chain gleams in the light. No,
2: I love that part. <laughs> my favorite part, though, is that you said five, seven and a half. You wanted to yeah. make sure you oh, gave yourself yeah. that half inch. Well, you I could have said five, eight. Cha- you, you were not going to just say five, seven. You were no. going to give yourself that half inch, five, seven and a half.
5: What do you think Napoleon said on the way to Waterloo? I'm five foot what You You know five. what no,
2: you, sh- you, know like what you could eight. do? You know what you, you know, forget the boy yeah. band. You know what you should be? You should be Joe Pesci in an off Broadway version of Goodfellas. That is you know, who you remind me of. Joe Pesci you know, in, an, in, in an off, like, like way off Broadway version of Goodfellas. You are the Joe Pesci <laughs> character. <laughs> And go get your shine box, Costos.
5: F- funny like a clown? Is that what you're saying, Ross? Um, Ross, I-, I would say, I would thank you for the extremely original take. Only the 10 millionth person in my life to say I sound like Joe Pesci. Very original by you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Joe Pesci. I would say you are the Joey Fatone of the sports no, world. No,
5: Dave. No, come on, man. I'm better looking than Joey <laughs> Don't give me that bullshit, Dave Briggs. Now Dave's in the ivory tower. Dave's like, oh, I look like a movie star. So I'm going to say Nick looks like the fourth best looking member of NSIC. No, Dave. I'm fucking the Justin Timberlake of this shit. That's right. <laughs> or at least JC. Maybe not JC. Who's the other guy?
2: Ugh. Irrelevant. Who's the third guy?
5: <laughs> That's a oh, good Lan- question. Oh, there's 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 Lance Bass too. The fifth I have no hope of 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 knowing. I was more of a Backstreet Boys fan myself.
0: I was definitely more of a Backstreet guy. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Tucker, who are you?
2: Uh new kids on
0: the block. New kids.
5: Hanging tough. Hilarious. Um yeah, although Justin I, oh, Timberlake I actually I, I actually entertained oh, this oh,
2: era. Oh, oh. Hey, in all sincerity, I actually hated New Kids on the Block because that was when I was like in sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. And all the girls like loved them and they would talk about how much they and all I would do was do push ups and body weight squats. So if I ever met any of those douchebags, I could smash their head into a wall because Lauren and Jen and Christy and all of them love those guys. I wanted their love. Not these stupid New England idiots that they were never going to actually meet, and they would talk about all day, all day. N K O T B. How about this? How about T K O?
5: That's um somewhere, somewhere, Dave. There's a therapist <laughs> licking his lips is, at the thought of getting Ross Tucker on his couch and charging an exorbitant sum of money. That, that was is childhood so animus just displayed. That would that. that, that that was actually that was better than my rant, and I thought my rant was pretty good.
0: Now it should have been TKORT borderline...
5: for your initials. That would have been good.
0: <laughs> that was worrisome. Nick Costos, well done, sir. We'll that's see it, guys. You next we, week. Forgot, we, we forgot we don't we forgot anything else. about TV we movies. Got... So that's it. Well, next time we got to book you earlier, man, because we're about we're about six minutes past our break. So next earlier, time we'll, man. We'll what the fuck do you think I earlier. got going
5: on here, man? I work until ten o'clock at night. You want me to come on earlier? It's already fucking eight o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. Jesus, man. We'll I mean, what figure the fuck? Dude? you want me to fall asleep during the end of the show? I mean, for you guys, I will. Um, I'm gonna put the chain back in now. I appreciate it, guys. See, that's the thing. See, it's gleaming in the light. That means I've got money. That's a tip for everybody out you there. there. Thank a second. You
2: very- Nick, 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 Nick. I noticed some red there. Do you fake tan or are you just that fired up?
5: Um, no, I'm that fired up, although I will acknowledge, because I don't give a shit. Um at some point soon I have a wedding coming up in a couple weeks and I'm very vain. I am going to go fake tanning because like I can't go looking as pale as I am. So I will go fake tanning at some point soon. I respect that.
2: I I respect that. And I shave
5: my chest. And I shave my chest too. Spray tan or real deal? Bulbs? Oh no, still tanning. Real, real tan, tan. That, like, like the real tan. Yeah, first, if I'm going to, yeah, no, it's like Walter White says, baby, no half measures. I'm not going with that brown shit that like that, like, that, like, that gets like, yeah, yeah, people touch Ugh. you and then you get brown shit on their hands. I'm Dude. going for the real deal, baby. Let me bake in that bed. Yeah. Don't, My don't wife gets
0: that. that spray tan and it just stinks and it rubs off on you and it's just nasty,
5: man. Uh, Dave, I bet she uh, looks good though after after that shower, man, and after all the brown good. cook is off and the spray tan's good, man. Yeah. There's no doubt about it.
0: <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Now we've gone there officially. Nick Costos, best of luck this weekend, my friend. Good to see you.
1: Peace. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.